0: sixty degrees high high three hundred and sixty degrees high high 360 degrees high, high, 360, 360, 360, 360, 360, high, high.
1: Full Circle, your cultural affairs radio magazine produced by the apprentices of the First Voice Media Action Program. We are coming to you from Huchin, Ohlone land, known to settlers as the San Francisco Bay Area. On tonight's show, you will hear about gardening. Community gardening, not-for-profit gardening, and the burgeoning organic food movement. Tonight, your hosts are Joy Moore and myself, Darlene Pagano. Stay with us.
2: All right. Tonight, uh, this is Joy Moore. Tonight, we're recognizing and honoring the amazing proliferation of community gardening and the people who help make them grow. In studio, we have representatives from the not-for-profit organizations, Ashby Community Garden, coordinated by Bee Gardeners, and a group creating and encouraging community gardens known as Planting Justice. First, though, I thought we'd let get in the mood for gardening. Uh, We're going to start with a little garden music.
0: Inch by inch, row by row, gonna make this garden grow. All it takes is a rake and a hoe and a piece of fertile ground. Inch by inch, row by row Someone bless these seeds I sow Someone warm them from below Till the rain come tumbling down Pulling weeds, picking stones We are made of dreams and bones Feel the need to grow my own For the time is close at hand Grain for grain, sun and rain Find my way in nature's chain Tune my body and my brain To the music of the land inch by inch, row by row inch by inch, row by row gonna make this garden grow all it takes is a rake and a hoe and a piece of fertile ground inch by inch, row by row someone bless these seeds I sow someone warn them from below till the rain Seasoned with a prayer and song, Mother Earth will make you strong if you give her love and care. There's an old crow watching hungrily from his perch on yonder tree. In my garden I'm as free as that feathered thief up there. is a rake and a hoe, and a piece of fertile ground inch by inch row by row someone blessed these seeds us so someone warm them from below till the rain come tumbling down Is a rake and a hoe And a piece of fertile ground Inch by inch Row by row Someone bless these seeds I saw Someone wore
1: I have loved that song since I was a child, and we are glad to play it for you tonight. That was the Garden Song. It was written by Pete Seeger, but here performed by David Grover and the big band... Big Bear Band. Uh, I can't hear it enough, and we thought it was appropriate to begin our show tonight.
2: I love that song, too, Darlene. That's why I chose it. Thank you so much. So it's all about gardens, community gardens, and the growing fascination many people have or have rediscovered for gardening. Community gardens can function as gathering places for neighbors, promote healthier eating, and showcase art. Uh, to raise ecological awareness. Some community gardens are devoted entirely to creating ecological green space or habitat, growing food and flowers for educational purposes or providing access to gardening to those who otherwise could not have a garden, such as elderly, recent immigrants, urban dwellers, or homeless. The homeless people often uh, want to garden and, and need an opportunity.
1: Tonight, we're fortunate to be joined by Anthony Forrest and Diane Williams from Planting Justice. Planting Justice is a grassroots, not-for-profit organization with a mission to empower people impacted by mass incarceration and other social inequalities with the skills and resources to cultivate food sovereignty, economic justice, and community healing. P.J works to address the structural inequalities that have become embedded in our industrialized food system, and Planting Justice is transforming the food system one garden at a time. Welcome to both of you. Thanks for joining us tonight.
3: Thank you. Thank you.
2: All right, so let's start out. First, let's tell us about the programs and the work of Planting Justice. Uh, let's start with Anthony.
4: Hello, everybody. My name is Anthony Forrest, and I've been working for Planning Justice about seven years. I got this job when I first came home from prison, and I started in the Transform Your Yard, which is, we build vegetable gardens. Then I moved up to uh, Grassroots canvassing, and now I'm an educator, and I go to schools and uh, have gardening classes.
2: And... Diane, can you tell us how you got involved with Planting Justice? Well,
3: Diane Williams. Sorry. Thank thank you. I tried to retire. That's almost impossible around these parts. And so I I went back to work. And I looked where I could work outside on the land. I'm Native American. And it's just a blessing to be able to work on the land at Planting Justice Nursery on 105th Avenue in Sobrani Park. So that's... researched where to go, and I live in East Oakland, so it feels like home to me.
2: Excellent, and I know both of you, and I have to make a disclaimer now. I'm, I am on the board of Planning Justice, uh, and I wanted to say that I am so honored to be part of the work at Planning Justice. So now, Anthony, tell us about the work you're doing with the schools. What school gardens do you work with, and how has that affected you?
4: So I work at uh, McClymouth High School, Fremont High School, met west high school dewey continuation school lafayette elementary school and west oakland middle school i also work at san quentin state prison where i got the job and the training skills um i work at marin uh juvenile hall san leandro juvenile hall and san bruno uh juvenile hall
2: oh my god you're everywhere where are you not (laughs) (laughs) And what do you do? What do you teach? What, how how does that work?
4: I educate my community on eating healthy. You
2: educate. I love that. <laughs>
4: <laughs> and letting them know that food don't come in a can or frozen. Okay. So we, we learn about vegetables, how to distinguish a weed from a, a plant, mm-hmm. how to recognize uh, trees and what are suckers. Mm-hmm. And tell everybody what a sucker is. A, su- I- <laughs> a sucker is um, that little extra little branch that want to come out at the bottom on the side right. and just suck up all the energy.
2: So you have a fruit tree. Yes. And it's growing great fruit, And then on the bottom are these little trees that pop up. But they're taking energy from the tree, right? Yes. So we call them suckers. I love that. <laughs> now, Diane, um, what is the work that you're doing with Planting Justice? I work in the
3: education department or with the education department, and I work at the nursery. I'm also a social worker, and I have a public health background, so the disparities that show up because of these kind of foods that have been fostered on us, basically, is what I try to also address with all the people that work there, and I'm really proud to say that the Planning Justice Nursery has voted to go Mm soda-free.
2: Yay. Okay, yeah. excellent. You know, I'm happy about that. Yeah. And we got the soda tax in Berkeley and Oakland. Yeah. <laughs> All right.
1: So, does uh, planning justice only work in Oakland?
4: No. Like I said, um, I go to Moran. I'll be going to Moran Monday. This Monday that's coming up, and everybody be enjoying ribs and everything. <laughs> oh, and Labor Day. <laughs> I have to go spend time with my kids who need support in, in getting home and finding their way out.
2: And that's at the Juvenile Hall? Yes. And where is that?
4: Marin Juvenile Hall is, ooh, I can't even remember where it's located. I just mm-hmm. go.
1: <laughs> so, you said, Anthony, that you started out building gardens. Was that for individuals or for um, other public uh, agencies?
4: Well, that was for clients. I, uh, I planted 500 fruit trees at uh, Camp Sweeney. Mm. And then I went to San Francisco, and a, and a client wanted us to build a garden on her rooftop. So I had to haul five-gallon buckets up and down Three flights of stairs, about between 20 and 50 times.
0: Wow.
2: All
1: right. All right. Is uh, private contract work still something that Planning Justice does? Yes. For the community? Great. All
2: right. So we're going to hear more about Planning Justice. We're going to come back. Uh, But you know what? This is a music show. And we are going to take another music break. Am I wrong with that? Y'all looking at me like I'm crazy? Well, uh, yeah, Darlene's looking at me like i crazy, but my board office is <laughs> telling me I, we're I, about I to I still do- have
1: questions. Okay, we're going to okay. come back.
2: We're going to get your questions when we come back. This is what okay. I love about live radio. <laughs> it's just so dynamic. Let's do the music break and we'll be right back.
5: T'was just a garden in the rain. Touch of color neat skies of gray The raindrops kiss the flower beds, the blossoms raised their thirsty heads. I was there.
2: Garden in the Rain, Diane Crawl. We're just trying to get y'all in the mood. You know what? My kids, when it's raining outside, they were like, Miss Joy, what are we going to do in the garden? I'm like, well, the garden can't go in in the rain, so we will be out there with the garden. thought that was an appropriate song. So we've been getting some great information about the work of Planning Justice with our guests Diane Williams and Anthony Forrest.
1: Um, let's get to more questions. Darlene? Diane, uh, would you talk about your work involving um, Monsanto?
3: Well, thanks for asking. I think it's really um, a great celebration that Dwayne Johnson won the lawsuit to the tune of $289 million uh, a few (laughs) weeks ago. And so that really sent a strong message to me and to all of us who are concerned with environmental justice to get on this and get on it now. I would really like the listeners to know that I've been fighting this with Oakland Unified School District which was spraying our kids up until August 10th when they stopped. And also I'm fighting with the county now to have them immediately stop. We don't want any we don't I don't want to hear anything else. They're spraying or concrete water line channels that go directly to the bay. And they don't seem to have any responsibility or knowledge that things are connected. And when you put a toxin somewhere, it can show up somewhere else and kill something else. So I've asked them to kindly stop. And one of the managers the other day told me something like, we're trying to figure out when we should alert the public or when we should let the public know. I said, that's why I'm calling. They spray the concrete water line channel on 105th right where our nursery is and they've been spraying it for years and they do not notify the people that live there. This constitutes environmental racism. A study out of Argentina last month in July links Monsanto not only with these human carcinogens but also with spontaneous abortion and miscarriage. So again, this comes out to environmental racism, and then the people are not notified. One of our co-workers, a Spanish-speaking woman, she's lived there 17 years. She's never seen a sign that has notified them that they're spraying their backyards with Roundup. So I'm asking people that are concerned about the earth to step up, start calling the city. Why is Libby spraying us? Why is Rebecca allowing it to happen? What's Noel doing Let's get on it. What are we waiting for? You know, what? So we are, if we're not the vanguard here in the Bay Area on environmental stuff, who is? And you know, for my little 70-year-old self to come out here and do this, it's not a problem. And I'll go ahead and give it my last shot. (laughs) It's not a problem. You know, everybody else want to sit back. But, you know, there's other good movements. I heard, you know, clean this and clean that and solar this. And they want us to clean a creek. Why are we going to clean the creek when they're spraying it with Monsanto? We need to think about priorities here. Lives are at stake. These people are spraying irresponsibly and it's time for us to step it up. I know my My Indian community, my native community, is behind us 100%. So we have our instructions from our medicine people, uh, from our stories. We know this is the right thing to do, to try to protect our water and protect the creatures in it, protect our children, protect the unborn, protect ourselves, protect our land. Thank you for having us uh, and talking about planning justice. Come visit us, 319-105th in Sobrani Park, Oakland.
2: And Anthony, give us some contact info if people want to support um, the work or join the work of
4: Planning Justice. Planningjustice.org. Uh, there's someone always there waiting to hear from Oakland, San Francisco, the Bay Area, Southern California, and any other state that's listening.
1: All right, we still have some time, and I know uh, Diane, you're you were kind of wound up there <laughs> and in a good good way. And I just want to make sure you have gotten it all out if you want to give any background or on something else. Uh, roundup or whatever, or if you all would like to just give us great planning justice stories,
3: you know, I will tell. People, if they want to check into Oakland Climate Action Coalition, we can. We're hooking up a campaign Monsanto out of Oakland. Real plain, real simple. Uh, we just got to do this. But I also want to let people know, and I want to thank you for acknowledging that we're on a lonely land. Come see the land that we've given back to the indigenous people of this area. The Segarate Land Trust, led by Karina Gould and Janella LaRose, are stewarding this land and we're planning to build an arbor. So please come out and visit us and see our beautiful plants and come share with us um, the food that we've grown this year as well.
1: Can you say the name of the coalition again? Uh,
3: It's the Oakland Climate
2: Action Coalition. And how would people find that? Just... I think online. Just yeah. Google it. As just Google they say, the Oakland Climate <laughs> Action. I know, but let's talk a little bit more about the um, social justice aspects of planting justice, um, if you want to. I, I, so I wanted to say this. I wanted to let
3: folks know that, uh, the federal government had to come here to California and say, guess what? We can't just keep locking up all these black and brown men. We just can't do it. We've got to figure out a different way. So now they're just releasing the men. And how are we going to address this as a people? I want folks to know that one every out of every three or four Black men and also Native American men are incarcerated in their life. One out of every six or seven Latino men are incarcerated every in their life. One out of every 16 or 17 white men. There's a disparity there. People talk about a PTSD, their home burns up. I understand that. I understand that. But what about a man who's sitting in solitary for 20 freaking years? It's inhumane treatment. We know that. We know that as as scientists. We know that. But we allow it to happen across this country. So we want to do something different when the men come out. We want social justice for this population and for ourselves because they're coming to our, they are part of our community. So that's another thing Planting Justice is about. Social justice with the formerly incarcerated and really all people. Um, We want equality, justice, fair treatment for us all.
2: And Anthony, can you tell us about an experience? I know you were formerly incarcerated. You came out. You worked with Planning Justice. Tell us how that affected you and, and, and the importance of that for you.
4: Coming home with a job was so key to me not going back. After serving them 25 years, I had to get on, on my knees and pray and ask God to deliver me from the streets. Take that up out of me, God. Help me. Show me that I know that I could be the man that my mom and dad knew I was going to be. And so I came home without no parents. I came home to someone else's home. You know, I'd done the programs, the mindful meditation, the yoga, the gardening. AVP. Yes. <laughs> and so that allowed me to get grounded and rooted. But before I even started there, I had to get the drugs up out of me. Mm. So I had to go. I started doing the NA, the AA, and I heard something that a speaker came in. And I took a chance with my life by writing down my information. And and at the end of the, the, the conversation, I slid him in my information. And about a month later, he wrote me and said, let's start with step one. You admit it. That you was powerless. Right. And you got a problem. Right. And so with that right there, that changed my life. Mm-hmm. And I always tell people at Planning Justice, all the guys, everybody, if you need support, I'm here for you.
2: Right.
4: If you want to go to a meeting, I'm here for you. If you need somebody to talk to, I'm here for you.
5: Right.
4: Because I know what it was that kept me in the streets all the time. And that was because I didn't have no support.
2: Mm. So you came out to Planning Justice
4: as a community, right? To support you? I I came out to Planning Justice. I got the job and it's been seven years. I travel for Planning Justice. Uh, I'm going to Lake of the Ozarks uh, sometime in September. Is that in Arkansas? Where's the Ozarks? No, that's somewhere like in Missouri somewhere. Wow. And I just got back from uh, uh, Minneapolis and St. Louis. Wow. So they send me everywhere, and I get to talk to people about changing their lives the same as I I do. And that same story I just told you about taking a chance and writing my information down and sliding it. In a prison in St. Louis, the guy did the same thing. And I'm like, wow, what am I supposed to do with this? And (laughs) I know he wanted help. Right. And that's the first step right there of right. wanting help.
2: Right.
4: Who's willing to take that chance to change? If you want something you never had, right. you got to do something you never did. Take it. a chance with your life. And don't believe that them 22-inch them rims or that gold chain or that nice shiny car going to save you. Right. So you got to find a power greater than yourself. Right. So I, I trust in God. Trust in the Lord with all my heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path.
2: And I have to say, you know, you mentioned getting off of drugs. Me personally, I believe if there is a person out there who had good, reliable food to, that they can eat. Two, three times a day, it would be harder to rely on drugs. I think one of the problems that our community has is that we're not getting the natural nutrition that we need and we're seeking something else to Mm -hmm. keep us going. And I'm saying you give a child a balanced meal, organic meal, sustainably grown, have them grow it and all, there'll be something that they'll look forward to and they won't be seeking something else to make them feel human or whole. That's just me.
3: That's a real connection. That's not imagine. That's a real, real connection. So that's what our goal
4: is. Joy, La- um, <laughs> I wish you could have saw this. Every time I go to McClyments and they see my truck, uh-huh. they line up. They know he's going to make us a kale smoothie. Right. He's going to go to the garden. How can I help? What can I pick? Can I pick the kale, the Swiss chard, the collard greens? Right. And, I th- and I take all of this and I mix it up and then I let them do it. And it's unbelievable that they know who I am wherever I'm at. Mm-hmm. They're not
2: unbelievable. We bring out some <laughs> kale smoothie, Jack. <laughs> they know who you are. I know. I know. I love those kale smoothies.
1: I'd like to just take a couple of minutes um, and maybe turn to Diane, but I, but you as well. Uh, that the, you talked about the nursery. What? What plantings, what uh, crops, uh, see, I don't even know the terms, uh, do you uh, propagate out there? Well, we're the largest organic fruit,
3: nut, and berry nursery in California. So, in addition to, we have like dozens of varieties of grapes. Who knew there were so many? And all different kind of fruit, nut, and berry trees. We also have evergreens and a wonderful assortment of herbs, including mojito mint, chocolate mint. And I'd love to invite people to come out and look at these black tomatoes we're growing this year. Mm -hmm. They're really called Cherokee purple, but in fact, they're black in color and they're just beautiful. Mm -hmm. So you can always come out and just, visit us um we'd love to share what we have we have a
4: variety of all those different plants so go ahead also what diane forgot is one of the best things is joe we have a guy named joe and he propagates apple trees so we have um pink lady fuji love uh, pink lady uh, uh granny crisp Granny Smith. <laughs> we have about five or six different apple trees on one branch. Wow. So we propagate a lot of apples. Right. So if you love apples all year round, come see us. I love the hybrid trees, uh,
2: the the grafted trees. They call it five in one if you have five five right. tree. So again, we're speaking with Anthony Forrest and Diane Williams of Planting Justice. I want to thank you so much for spending this time with us and thank for the you. work you do. Uh, we will post the contact information for Planting Justice along with Um, The other organization we're going to highlight in just a minute, uh, Ashby Community Gardens. So you can go to our website at org. Thank you so much.
1: I have one last question. Is the nursery open to the public? Yes. Thank you. Six (laughs)
4: days a week.
1: All right. Let's listen now to another garden-related song, and we'll be right back with, the repre- with representatives from We Be Gardeners of the Ashby Community Gardens. Stay tuned. Thank you, guys.
5: Our
0: tears had gone away We'll make love in the shade And in the ocean we will bathe,
5: Little fishes in the sea
2: What a great song. I build the garden for us by Lenny Kravitz. Uh, this is Joy Moore. I'm here with Darlene Pagano. Tonight we're talking about community gardens. And with us in studio are coordinators of the Ashby Community Garden in Berkeley, Bonnie Baruki and Nora Sherd. The Ashby Community Garden was founded in 2004 on a privately owned empty lot in South Berkeley. Today, there is a flourishing garden of community fruit trees, chickens, a beehive, and about 22 individual plots. The garden is not for profit. Collective. So I, I, I want to make a distinction. We took, we call a lot of these organizations nonprofit. It ain't about nonprofit. It's that we're not doing it for profit. That that there's just some other inspiration for the reason to start a garden besides money, and hopefully it's just growing some great organic food. So um, the garden is a not for profit collective called we Be Gardeners, uh, where neighbors raise food and flowers and share knowledge about urban farming. I want to welcome you ladies uh, and thank you for coming in tonight.
1: Thank Okay, as we just uh, heard with the Planning Justice Group, we have about 20 minutes to ask you a number of questions, and that is just not enough time, so let's get right to it. Um, So, could you start by letting us know how this started to be a collective?
6: Uh, Sure. I can tell you how it all started, because I was there pretty much from day one. And that's Nora. This is Nora speaking. (laughs) Uh, It started... Um, 14 years ago, okay, we now have two plots, they're both privately owned, and the owners have been pretty, you know, good about being fair with us for 14 years and allowing us to garden there, but they're still privately owned lots. When we first started the garden... It was vacant, scrubby land, almost toxic. So a a group of very young, uh, idealistic, radical activists approached the owner and said, we'd like to start a neighborhood garden here. And he said, okay. So we did. And originally, we were just going to grow food, give it away to the neighbors. And we did that for a couple of years. It worked pretty good. But then we got a little more advanced. Um, as As of now what's happening with us is we have, we have transformed this land. It's, it's actually risen, if you look at pictures, almost a foot high now because we brought in so much soil and compost and mulch and we planted nearly every inch of this garden with everything imaginable. It's beautiful. It's beautiful garden. Beautiful garden. And we also um, have brought a lot of life to the garden. It feels alive when you walk into it. You know, there are like bees, uh, birds, native pollinators, things that prey on those particular pollinators, everything, all kinds of life there. It just feels good to walk into the garden.
7: you, you wanna want to um, Sure. I'll add to that. And, and it's that's Bonnie. Yeah, hi. <laughs> Thank you for uh, inviting us. So it's right on Ashby Avenue. People would not expect it to be there. And as Nora said, it's, it's it's such a contrast with this busy highway and very dense area with uh, with this very calming green space right on Ashby Avenue. Um, I'll, I'll go into, we, we started our nonprofit, which is We Be Gardeners, that's a B-E-E, Gardeners. Um, it's a 501c3, it's an educational nonprofit. It was started by a handful of gardeners, to support this, the structure and work of the Ashby Community Garden. And so, our, formally, our mission is to support our local urban community in growing organic food economically through offerings of educational workshops and hands-on gardening activities. Um, intention is to be part of a healthier bioregion okay. by improving the soil and providing pesticide-free habitat for birds, pollinators, plants, and humans.
2: Excellent. And it's a beautiful garden. I've been there. I love it. They have a beehive. Uh did, did have chickens, right?
7: Yes, we don't have chickens anymore. We can go in that and the challenges of <laughs> community gardens, but we don't have them. At the- We've had them for many years and okay. um, very recently, up until very recently. And as you
1: say, you wouldn't notice, or you wouldn't uh, expect to see them. What's the cross street, so
7: I can look okay. next time? It's right on Ashby between Mabel and Acton, so it's in Southwest Berkeley, uh-huh.
1: just below Sacramento.
7: Yes, below Sacramento. Okay.
1: Now, now I'll keep my eyes open. Thank you. Um, so, who can garden there? is it all Is it all subscribed? Uh, no play, no way to get in? How can people join? We have uh, members the members have
6: plots. Uh, we have a yearly membership, but we encourage people to come even if they're not members of the garden. Uh, where We have open hours on Sundays from one until we just get so tired we all go home. Mm-hmm. Uh, You can also be a supporting member. We have a lot of events, which I think Bonnie is probably better to talk to about that. But we have at least a monthly event, workshop, you know, something exciting or just a work play day, things that draw the community in. Excellent. So, Bonnie, let's talk. You know
2: I know you. Yeah. I, another disclaimer. We're good friends for years. Okay. Um, I want to tell tell us specifically about the activities. I know you have a swap. You have a lot of stuff going on. And as, as specifically, who is gardening there? That's what we want to know.
7: Right. Wow. It's, well, let me tell you about some of the activities, and I'll okay. tell you who's gardening there. So, we started a Share the Surplus Sundays to just bring in people from the community to um, share all the. We have a lot of plum trees, um, apple trees with blackberries, all this food that is our, a surplus. So we invite people in to come and pick, pick your own and, um, or neighbors that uh, also might have fruit trees that want to share their surplus too. Um, well, I'll, yeah, we have many other activities too. We um, do workshops, we have a natural dyeing workshop, dye workshop with using plants. Um, you use plants to dye things, to yes, make dyes. To make dyes. Okay, good. Uh, the plants that yes. we grow in the garden. And um, we have members that. We have a member that uh, runs a vegan food swap where people barter their, their own products <laughs> that they make. Um, and uh, then we. Yeah, we we have other workshops. We have a, a medicinal garden workshop coming up on September twenty ninth. Okay, that I'll tell you more about. So who gardens there? Um, we encourage neighbors, so we have quite a few neighbors, that um, of all ages, and um, so we seem to have a lot new members. Of some of our new members have kids, mm-hmm. so we really encourage intergenerational gardening. There, um, we've invited members from the over 60s clinic which um, Nora maybe can tell you a little bit about so we built a raised bed specifically for, specifically for, for gardeners that um, could use that with the help of AmeriCorps volunteers from the over 60s clinic so those are some of the things that we're doing and some of the, the people that we're serving in the garden
6: so tell us about the over 60 clinic uh, work Nora well, I, I actually work at Over 60s as a nurse. And, they, and that's lifelong medical. That's lifelong right? medical. Of course, everybody's over 60 at over 60s, right? Including <laughs> me. Um, but the, the seniors there, it started out a couple of years ago where they started joining. Um, they started coming to the garden as part of the walking tours. The seniors do a walking tours around the neighborhood with the AmeriCorps volunteers. And I think they kind of liked what was going on at the garden there. And they kept coming back, the seniors and the AmeriCorps volunteers. Bonnie taught a class about uh, healthy food and healthy living to the seniors, which was pretty well attended by the over-60s people. And consequently, they did ended up building the raised bed so the seniors could actually garden while they're sitting instead of standing mm, or kneeling. I love
1: it. Yeah. It's
6: very popular. So
1: you uh, were fixing some challenges for the over-60s, but what are... Challenges you hinted at this, Bonnie. What are challenges for the garden itself
7: or that have occurred in the garden itself? Well, being a garden coordinator is a challenging job in itself. Um, Scheduling garden members and communication is always a challenge. Um, Just getting is this we live in a very busy time and. Just getting people together to be in the garden. Once you get them there, they enjoy it so much. But just getting them there is difficult. And um, I'll just mention. So we we have had other groups come in too. I'm gonna pick me back. We have the um, Peace Out Loud campers day camp came in, and so I guess the challenge is we need to keep the garden a safe space, um, and just keeping it keeping it. Tidy, keeping tools handy. Um, any is, vandalism or anything like that? We haven't had to see. We haven't had that problem. Not with vandalism, but no, not really. It's, it's
6: amazing so, that we haven't in fourteen years. But we've never had, you know, really break in anything, stolen or any kind of vandalism.
1: Yeah. Bonnie, I want to hear about the chickens.
7: Oh, okay, Aww. yes. Uh, so for. Many years we had chickens. Um, one of the issues was in Berkeley. There are a lot of rats. Mm. So that was keeping rats out of the chicken coop was quite a big challenge for us. And the other challenge was, was just scheduling people to be there every day. Since um, nobody really lives at the garden, somebody would have to be there every day to take care of the chickens. And people were changing their schedules, calling in um, last minute and um, trying to find people to come in, do their chicken duty. So that was a challenge. Plus, we um, we had a couple chickens that passed away, and so, and maybe one that escaped. So we were down oh, to one. you yeah. set free. Oh, let, yeah. Let's just okay. call that. Okay.
2: <laughs> that sounds like prison. Yeah.
7: <laughs> it was a nice... We have a nice chicken coop, actually. But anyways, it's something that we'd like to do again in the future, but um, for now, we have to take a chicken hiatus.
2: So, as I mentioned, I've known Bonnie for a long time, Mm -hmm. and I know you're also a climate change activist. Mm -hmm. Can we talk about the new policies that the uh, city of Berkeley passed to help people who grow food and share food? Talk about that.
7: Okay, I'll try (laughs) to talk about that.
2: As much as you know.
7: Okay, I think, well, I have gone to a lot of the meetings based on, on writing new guidelines, the but from the city to encourage people to to do community gardening to make it easier um and actually to because there really weren't any guidelines the zoning um there was no no zoning rules about community gardens so i berkeley climate action plan does mention growing food locally is is um, a very important method in... in um, affecting, affecting climate change. Yes, in, yeah. in keeping actions that you know, sink carbon, create green space, growing your food locally. Um, you're less dependent on fossil fuels to um, grow your food, distribute your food. So it's it, there is quite... Um, there's a big movement in Berkeley, in the Bay Area, um, worldwide to grow food in urban spots. The only the problem is there's such a lack of land. And, um, in urban areas. For and that. support. And, of yes. course,
2: we're competing against Big Agra, who doesn't want us to grow our own food, because they want to sell us crap in a package mm-hmm. and charge us a lot of money. So, the whole notion of us owning our food and growing our own food is very threatening. But this is my, I believe, I believe is, there's 7.5, 7.6 billion people on the planet, approximately. If all of us grew something... Just one thing. We could probably change the CO2 level in this atmosphere. This is, this is my mission. I want everybody on the planet to grow something, one thing. So that's one reason why I'm really into community gardens.
1: And so there is a change in what can be done with the food grown in the gardens. Is that, that a new policy? A change in what?
2: Can well, the t- I think it, what you're saying is that the policy is allowing or encouraging people to grow community gardens and to share food. And in fact, you can even yeah. sh- you can even sell food um, from your gardens, which we couldn't before. There was a lot right. of ordinances against that.
7: Right. There's a cottage food industry. Um, it, it, yeah. There's a, there is a movement to encourage people to do that. It's to get that off the ground. Like as Joy said. Does require a little bit more support uh, and land security. So, so there's a lot of issues around that still. That, that but have Berkeley to be is done. in the
2: forefront. This is what well, I love about this city. There's probably no one else has got a policy that's saying it's we want to encourage you to grow yeah. food, share food, and eat organically grown, sustainably grown, locally grown food. I mean, that's a, it's a big, big deal.
7: Well, we're trying to create a model for that. And um, it's also wise water use. Yes. There's, there's so much. Building the soil, um, learning how to grow food without, because we're going to have less and less water. So all those issues are really important. The thing is, um, we have the policy, but we need more on the ground action. <laughs> And infrastructure yeah. to support. Yeah. infrastructure For example, to support if you it. want to
2: start a, car, a community garden, where's your water going to come from? This is one of the issues that that I know a lot of community gardens face, that there, there may be an empty plot that you're going to garden, but there's no water hookup. So then you got to look at the neighbors or, or, or figure out a way. And also, um, one of the things about community gardens, I love that. I would like there to be access. But we can't. We have to fence things off. That makes it even harder for people. But wouldn't it be a lovely city if there was a community garden open for anyone 24 hours a day to just go in and plant or go in and harvest or whatever? This is the vision that I have. And it could happen in Berkeley.
7: So, actually, that's another challenge, Joy. We're all volunteers. So, um, we don't have funding for this out of our own. We, we have some small mini-grants that have helped. Like very small. Um, uh, There was a small grant from LifeLong that helped with the senior gardening program, but on the whole, we're volunteers, so it's hard to create that access that we'd love to have for the garden if there was a paid staff person that would go pretty far in, in providing more access.
1: I want to make sure we get this next part in, which is how can people connect with and support the collective? Uh, there are several ways that you can support our work. One
6: is we'd like people to write to the Berkeley Times. We'd like them to send in letters to the editor supporting the idea of urban gardens and in particular our garden. Uh the editor there, Todd, is publishing letters that people send in. He has been for a month, and he said he'll publish all letters that are being sent in. Oh. Uh, the second thing is, please come visit the garden. Uh, like, and what's like, the address again? Uh, the address is 1370 Ashby Avenue in between Mabel and Acton on Ashby Boulevard. Yep. Ashby Avenue. Ashby Avenue. Thank you. And is a state highway. Can I just point that out? Yeah, we know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's quiet inside. <laughs> the parking there is a little challenging sometimes. So we're open from one, like we said, onwards. The third thing is talk to your local politicians about ways that they can support the Ashby Garden moving forward. Because we are on private land, we, we always live with the uncertainty that we can lose the garden because they're going to sell the land. And this is a dilemma for all urban gardens in existence. And it's a a problem for us has been for 14 years, but we're squeaking by. Uh, The fourth thing is donate money. We have a way to donate on our Weeby Garden site. We always need money for maintenance and garden needs. And our big idea, our big goal, is eventually to be able to purchase the land the garden is on. What we would like to do is own the land, but not for ourselves, but we would like to turn this land into a land trust so it can be a garden forever. And that's a big idea, but Southwest Berkeley needs a community garden. And this is what we're asking people to support.
1: All right. Now, uh, remind viewers that when you write those letters to the Berkeley Times, you're referencing the Ashby Community Garden. Mm-hmm. Give them their, your support. And your website and how they can cont- yes. contact um,
7: you. I'll give you that. So you can look at our website. It's We Be Gardeners, W-E-B-E-E-G-A-R-D-E e-n-e-r-s dot org Uh, and that's our website you can also look for events on Facebook, so we have two Facebook pages, the Ashby Community Garden and We Be Gardeners and And that's We Be be Yes. We Be Gardeners Um, so those are two ways to find out about what we're doing Uh, you can come to our medicinal plant um, workshop and, and any garden open days we invite people to come in and participate on and what's but, the date of that one? Oh, that that is september 29th from noon to 3 p.m that's the medicinal yes plant. medicinal um medicinal plants in the garden and do you It'll do any
2: work with native plants
7: yeah, we actually one of the things that we do that's a very important project is well we grow many native plants, but native milkweed, it's it's very important for the monarchs. Um butterflies. Butterflies, the monarch butterflies. And we have somebody who is um has a a monarch way station at the garden, raises the the narrow leaf milkweed and distributes it to people. I think they've raised um 160 monarchs at the garden in the past year so um, that's one native plant that we grow California asters we have beautiful patches of native native um, flowers at the garden thank
2: you so much you know what I have to tell you all I love this garden. I love it. I love the people there. And it's just such an unexpected thing. You're walking down this great highway. It's a lot of houses. You see a fence and you see something peeking out of the fence. But when you go inside, it's just a lovely abundance. The abundance of beauty, food, um, the economic use of space. And it's very exciting. And I really encourage you all to support this work. So those are the voices of Bonnie Baruki and Nora Seward coordinators of the Ashby Community Garden. I want to thank you so much for joining us tonight on Full Circle. Uh, we will po- post contact info for Ashby Community Garden and We Be Gardeners along with the Planting Justice um, organization on our work, work, website. I want to thank you again ladies for coming. It's been a pleasure to speak with you. I'm so happy you came. <laughs> and um, Right now we're going to change the uh, atmosphere just a, a little bit. I want to, We want to honor the passing of a great, great woman, Aretha Franklin.
1: So let's take our last music break, and we are honoring the phenomenal Aretha, and uh, who has and continues to inspire many, many of us to be the natural women we are. And I will be right back. No, before we go, I just want to say um,
2: one of the things about being a woman has been that we've been the second class or something other. When I heard the song Aretha Franklin, Aretha Franklin helped me feel good about being a woman. And the the idea of natural goes along with the garden. And so we thought it was appropriate to honor her, her life, her music, and 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 her support for social justice. She was a great mover and advocate for social justice. So... I think they're telling me it's ready. You're ready. We're going to play uh, one of my favorite songs from Aretha Franklin, A Natural Woman. Make me feel like a natural woman. That's what the garden does for me, to be honest. Uh, So that was A Natural Woman by Aretha Franklin. I love this sister. May she rest in power. Thank all of you for joining us tonight on Full Circles. This this brings us to the end of tonight's show. Tune in next week to Full Circle at 7 p.m. right here on KPFA Pacifica 94.1 FM or on the web at www.kpfa.org.
1: For any information on this show and the uh, guests on it, go to org, And you can even leave questions for us there and find all the important links to the show. Our executive producer is Miss M. Our technical director is Frank Sterling. And Joy Moore is our production consultant. Our outro
2: music is produced by Source of Labor
1: and our... I'm
2: sorry... Our intro music is produced by Source of Labor and our outro music is produced by Beat Andre. With Steve holding down the controls and Mari as our tech assistant and Frank as our gardening of garden of a I mean our guardian of angel. angel, uh, we've been your host, Darlene and Joy. Thanks for joining us tonight on Full Circle. Stay tuned for La Onda Baita.